Hello and welcome to the TechMap podcast. My name is Andy Barjuri. In today's show, I'm talking to Lucy Hall, who runs the very popular Social Day conference over here in the UK. And we're talking all things influencer marketing. We're looking at how that landscape's changing. We talk a bit about social video and the advances in YouTube and Facebook video. And we also look at how the agency landscape has been changing with the advances in digital media. So I hope that you enjoy the show. Lucy, how are you? Welcome to the TechMap podcast. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. How's things today? Or how's things in general? How's things today? And in general, things are going really well, thank you. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Very good, in fact. Um, So, Lucy, I'm really pleased that you've agreed to join the show. I have, uh, we first met, I would say, about a year ago at the London Bloggers Meetup, and you joined us for a session all about uh, AI. And since then, I've been following your exploits of Social Day. And, you know, you're pretty easy to follow online, to be honest. And that sounds a bit weird and stalkerish, doesn't it? But that's just, that's the world we live in now, I suppose, isn't it? Everything is public. But for those who somehow haven't managed to come across you before, why don't you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, so um, I am a co-founder of a social media um, festival, a three-day social fe- media festival, and uh, we're, we're a news site as well, actually. So we help people to understand the latest things that are happening in social media, and we do videos and interview some of the movers and shakers in that space as well. Um, the other flip side of that is we do we have a content um, marketing agency um, for B two B clients. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So what's that agency called? That's called Aviso Media. Aviso Media. Okay, so you're pretty much then at the coalface of digital marketing, both whether it's a, a B2B environment or a B2C environment then. Yeah. Excellent. So you're exactly the right person for me to to ask and get a bit of a download on everything that's happening in the world of influencer marketing then. We'll soon find out, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of an interesting world, influencer marketing, and it, it's one of those things that you, you, you're always seeing stuff in the press about people not getting it right or uh, celebrities not showing that they've been endorsed by a product or a brand and so on and so forth. So give me a bit of a lowdown, if, if you will, as to what's been happening in with influencer marketing. What's kind of what's the current state of play in, in for brands that want to engage in an influencer campaign? Okay, well, actually, something um, something I'd like to talk about next. We've just dropped this latest news on the Social um, Day Live website. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually six members have been appointed to a newly launched business of influencers board. So they've actually there's actually a board now um, with the ASA um, okay. together, and the people that are part of it are Ian Shepherd, Social Share, Harry Hugo, the Goat Agency, Liam Chivers, OP Talent. Um, he's the guy that looks after KSI. Okay. Anna Thor's daughter, I don't know if I've pronounced that right, from MediaCon, Ben Jeffrey's influencer, and Laura Edwards from Viral Talent. Um, these are all kind of specialists and experts in the influencer marketing space. Right. They're going to represent the voice of agencies, startups, influencers um, at the very highest level within the influencer marketing industry. So actually now we're going to see this to start be being um, controlled a little bit more so that the quality of influencer marketing is more regulated because there's so it's like a wild west, isn't it? There's lots of risks and there's a lack of um, regulation. Um, Absolutely. I think it's going to play a crucial role in improving, um, you know, improving this with con- consultation on governance, strategic direction, um, etc. I think that's really interesting because, you know, of the 
various things that are often said about influencer marketing, one of the issues is that it's not especially well uh, policed, I suppose, as to when people are uh, stepping outside of the, the 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 rules or outside the boundaries. But this new board then feels like it might add a level of control and um, guidelines around how to actually run influencer marketing properly and professionally. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It's like social media as well, isn't it? It has been a wild west for the last few years. There's um, there's, there's so many people that do this these things, um, and they because it's so new, really, isn't it? It's not really something that's been going on forever. But where it's so new, um, it's not being regulated, and mm. uh, and I think this is a really positive step in the right direction. Yeah, that sounds sounds very much that uh, that's the way. So, who's doing? Who's been doing influencer marketing really well that you've seen? What sort of case studies have you seen? And you thought, wow, that's actually really good influencer marketing. Okay, um, this is a really tough question because I've seen a few good. I've seen quite a few um, good stories about influencer marketing lately. Um, but who's been doing it really well? I'm just. Well, or conversely, who's been doing it really badly? That's you know someone to look out for to learn what not to do. Well, in terms of like um, stuff that we've seen in the press about um, that that everyone can relate to, there was the uh, the fakeness of influencer marketing. So you look at the um, the Listerine, the influencer who did the Listerine ad. Um, right. She was kind of there's a picture of um, the Listerine on the table next to her. There was um, like balloons all around her bed, and she's kind of saying something like, "This is how you know I've just woken up in the morning or whatever." And there's pancakes on the bed. Um, she's had a full makeup on and everything. <laughs> pancakes weren't even pancakes; they're actually tortillas. Um, you know, like the, the kind you make the wraps with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just highlighted how kind of, um, you know, fake it can be, influencer marketing can be, and how everything is edited rather than, um, you know, being natural. Uh, so I think, you know, that's a really good example of how when it when it goes wrong. Um, but there's loads of good examples of when it when it goes right in terms of you'll see some really good advocate, you know, when you look at um, customer advocacy, influencer marketing and things like that, where people who actually, um, you know, like the product anyway, yeah. and then they're sharing it on social media. This is a much better way, I think, to go about influencer marketing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So when people are actually genuinely a customer, genuinely a, a user of the product rather than just, you know, as in the Listerine example you've put there, clearly not, or at least clearly staging a very bad scene or setting a very poor scene. It's about authenticity, I think. And if, um, it's, if it feels like it's fake, um, then it probably is. People are just, these influencers are just taking money to promote a product but they're kind of giving away um you know their authenticity a little bit to do it aren't they yeah which kind of object of them doing it in the first place yeah that that makes sense as well so so i guess one of the other things that you hear leveled at this industry as well is that you know what's the value really is there value in working with an influencer who's got you know a couple of million followers on facebook instagram you know insert your social media channel here you know or or is it more appropriate to find targeted little communities or uh, i don't know whether the word perhaps here is nano influencers or micro influencers What, what what would you what would you think in that respect well, I really think it depends on the objective because there are going to be brands that literally want reach. They just want reach. They want brand awareness. People already know the brand, yeah. but they just have a campaign or a product or something that they need more people to see about. So if it's that, then, you know, large, big level influencers and celebrities, that's perfect, right? Because more people are going to see it. Um, but for, for um, you know, when it's when that's not your objective and your objective, for example, is um, to reach out to um, other communities and people who wouldn't necessarily be um, classed as influencers, I guess. Um, 
I think this, I, it just really depends on the objective. I can't, um, does that make sense? I can't, it depends on the objectives, but there, there is definitely so much value that we're seeing in um, influencer marketing where nano and micro influencers are being used uh, because their audience are much more engaged. Yes. Well, you know, I can re- relate to that entirely because for quite a, a number of years, we organized an event called the London Bloggers Meetup. And we would quite often work with a brand that wanted to engage with the blogging community when blogging was really hot. So we work with lots yeah. of um, brands from Starbucks to Vodafone, um, eBay, lastmeer.com and, and a whole load of the other ones. And, and initially their intention for, by working with us was to, I just want to engage the blogosphere, uh, you know, generalization of people that are writing online. But it very quickly came to pass that, you know what, actually what I really want to do is talk to the 10 people that really know about um, coffee drinking or that really care about trading stuff online for example and, and so we really have to get down to the the real micro communities there and, and that feels the same here with that influencer marketing as well is if I really want to influence or engage those that are influencing that specific niche there's no there's limited value in having a broad awareness campaign for that sort of objective it's, it's really the same isn't it with um so bloggers really are also influencers Absolutely. as are you know, as our publications, really, it's it's what it, it's whatever a, a community of people are reading that is influencing them, giving them their information. Yes. Um. So it's no different to your kind of publications or um, my, maybe even minor celebrities of years ago. Um, it's just tapping into a community. Yes, that's exactly right. So where does this fit in the traditional mix? I suppose is it earned media or is it paid media or is it a blend of both? It is a blend of both, isn't it? And you can almost look at, I think you can almost look at the influencers as, if you look at it as though they were a publication, for example, and publications have editorial and they have advertising, don't they? And um, if an, if a, um, if it's of interest to the audience and to the influencer and they like the product, they're probably going to write about it or talk about it anyway in an edit- from an yeah. editorial point of view. However, um, if they just the somebody just wants to get to that audience and just have some brand awareness, then they would pay to advertise against that. Maybe it's a feature or whatever. But if you think of the advertiser as maybe a feature, um, because of the specific audience, it's it is kind of a blend, isn't it? Depending on you know, depending on what the product is or um, or the brand is that wants to get to those communities yeah. and who the influence. Yeah. Okay. Well. So that so, so that you know, raises a question around how do you measure the impact of an influencer marketing campaign? Do you look at those kind of uh, metrics around reach or do you look at the broader sort of awareness metrics? What are the, what are the, how do you look at a, an influencer campaign and say, yeah, that was a success, that worked? Well, it comes back to, doesn't it? What What are your KPIs? Like what, what was the objective in the first place? If it is about reach and this has reached 50 million people and that's how many people you wanted it to reach, then, you know, there you go, you've hit your objective. Mm. That's, that was success if you wanted to sell a thousand of a product within a week or something like that or a million um, pounds worth of product in a week by using this influencer marketing strategy and you did that then it's been a success mm, so okay. um you know, it's, it, everything comes back to what are my what are my kpis like what what do i want to achieve from this um if i do this this and this and it's it, it's worked then it's been a success you know yeah absolutely so it, it doesn't really matter you know you can measure it based on what your own specific objectives are for that campaign which makes exactly. makes perfect that's everything isn't it that's everything with marketing is it like did it work what were my objectives my objectives were this did i reach them yes did i reach them no yes. has it been a success <laughs> no okay 
unexpected result, um, you know, by trying this, um, you know, so it, it, as, as with everything, um, it's, you can, you can do it based on experimentation or you can set your goals in the first place well i think that's one of the strengths of uh, digital marketing is the ability to actually measure things against a set of objectives really easily um so that's a real positive for me in terms of not just influencer but any kind of digital marketing but we talked a bit about nano influencers and moving beyond the broad-based campaigns but talk to me a bit if you would about how do you how do you engage or how do you find influencers are there sort of communities you can go to are there uh, kind of directories you can go to how, what does that look like if you wanted to sort of embrace influencer marketing so um i, don't, I can't i might have mentioned this already i'm not 100 percent sure but there's plenty of apps and platforms and tools uh that are, have been created now which include lots and lots of influence i know meltwater have one of them they're saying that they have like a database of like ninety thousand or nine hundred thousand or something influencers um on 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 their platform yeah. and then people just have to search for what they want it gives them all of the information and then it gives them a list of the people that they can use to reach out to for influencer marketing and then you've got um social circle who have a platform um which have plenty of influencers on it um in fact all of the agencies who do influence marketing say they have a platform whether they do or not i don't know um and then you've got apps and things like tribe app for example so anybody can join tribe app if you have a um if you have an audience yeah and uh, you know, um, you can get paid up from fifty pound to thousands of pounds per post that you produce for social media, all through this app. And um, you submit your your images or your videos that you want to create for the brand, and they, if they approve it, you put it up on social media, and then you get paid. So it's really, really easy. And there's loads of ways, um, you know, to reach out to influencers nowadays. But I think, um, um, aside from the platforms, if you want to um, think outside the box a little bit and uh, find, you know, um, influencers to work. With, with, there's these amazing communities on Facebook in groups. Like some people have a million people in their Facebook groups um, who are specific to something. So um, you know something something like uh, mental health awareness for people who work from home, or you know things like that. Yes. These communities people are built up, and, and and people are really engaged in these communities and feel really you know really part of it. These communities, these um, Facebook are now allowing them to try and monetize their communities a little bit um, because. Because they do it for nothing. The community leaders do it for nothing. And essentially, these community leaders are the influencers and the mm. group has so much influence. Yeah, I read somewhere that Facebook are actually starting to uh, put some budget towards paying uh, group leaders at some point. I don't know whether that, I, that's right or wrong, but I can totally relate to that because I'm in a, a few Facebook groups. I mean, who isn't, right? But I'm in a few Facebook groups for special interest. Like, I've just got a new dog. You might have heard him barking. Normally, he comes on the show at some point. And he's a cockapoo. So I joined the cockapoo I don't know, official user group on Facebook or something. Uh, user group's not quite the right word, is it? But anyway, I joined that community and it's so full of passionate cockapoo owners. It's unbelievable how people get behind that something that's so specific. And I think there are probably, you know, it's millions of those special interest groups that are, uh, you know, of a couple of hundred to a couple of million people strong. So they, they're really interesting, those groups. People are tribal, aren't they? Like people do like to be with people who like what they like and talk about things that they like and things that they're yes. interested in or 
with people who are similar to them. Um, so there are loads of these like really specific pockets. And, you know, it's, it's the same with B2B, isn't it? Because there are lots of different, um, you know, different groups online or um, boards or blogs and that kind of thing. That's for specific areas of B2B business. And there are influencers within this, like even, you know, property professionals who you know, like want to reach other property professionals for, you know, something really specific. Actually, it seems really specific, but sometimes these communities might have 10,000 people in there who are specifically interested in this one thing. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I gosh, you've, you've picked on a, a subject I know quite a bit about there in terms of property special interest groups, but we won't we won't open that can of worms because that's going to take a whole different direction of the conversation. But yeah, I mean, I think that those groups, and I think that the, the facility that Facebook provides is really, really good, actually. And the way that, as a tool, it just brings you back into that, that group environment all of the time is it, great. And it does provide a, a a fantastic platform and we've talked quite a lot about community on the last couple of uh, tech map podcasts as well about you know the pros and cons of working with facebook and building your own community offline um so but we're just kind of i guess focusing back on the idea of influencers so those group leaders those community leaders are as you say pretty good influencers really yeah, I think so. I think you can find influencers in um, lots of places and not just on Instagram. Because I think people think, oh, yeah, the influence on Instagram are on YouTube. Um, but that's just not so. There's influencers on LinkedIn, in Facebook groups, um, on blog, you know, through blogs with big communities, as you would know, running the blogging meetup <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is that misconception that influencers are either big on Instagram or they're big on YouTube or they're big on Twitter, for example. But actually, a real influencer kind of blends all of those platforms together. And uh, I think that's where I would imagine there's the strength of an influencer campaign is looking at different platforms to tap into different communities. But video, I suppose, is one of those medium that's been um mediums that's been really growing of in importance of late and you know youtube is absolutely enormous now isn't it um but you see all of the other platforms that are kind of uh trying to keep up or overtaking or innovating in that space and creating new video applications so facebook watch for example i think is really interesting at the moment and there are a few others but what are you seeing in terms of video is that a world you're involved in is that something that you know a bit about yeah, uh, I mean, so with video, I think we were all shouting, like us who worked in um, social media a few years ago, back even as far as 2012, we were saying, video, next year's the year of the video, next year's the year of the video. <laughs> yeah. Like, this really is, we really are video now. Like, it is, it's Oh, here. we're in the okay, year of the video. video. Is, okay, good. I think we're in video now. Like, you can't, if you're doing any online marketing, you can't avoid yeah. it um, because people people watch video content online. So for for instance, um, on YouTube, people watch long form video, don't they? Um, they go on YouTube to, you know, watch their favorite shows and that kind of thing. They also go on YouTube to find out how to do things. Um, or you Google something, you watch a video to find out how to do it. Video is absolutely so important to a marketing strategy nowadays, because there's so many eyes on it. Um, on Facebook, people don't tend to sit on Facebook for a long time watching videos. So Facebook watch, I think has got a long way to go. Um, plus it's just terribly annoying. Anything you watch on Facebook, watch it's bad after a few minutes and you're just like, Oh my goodness. And I turn it off, but you, it's just ads like in the middle of videos. It's just the same as TV. Um, and what? it's annoying. I don't know about you, but, but I find, I actually find most of Facebook annoying these days because it feels to me like it's just so busy now. Uh, I don't know whether we had this chat before, actually, Lucy, or not, but I was kind of saying that Facebook, the user experience and the interface feels more and more like getting back towards MySpace in terms of it's just crowded and busy. And 
So what they're doing is, I think, um, they're they're very well intentioned um, because they're trying to do lots of things to try and keep the interest of people. But there's so many features now within Facebook; it's really difficult to, um, you know, to establish what we should be doing and what we should be using because there's too much. Yes, I agree entirely. Aging as well, like so, you're probably 35 plus if you're using Facebook regularly, and your kids aren't on there because your kids do not want to be, you know, on social media with their parents. <laughs> um, it's quite aging, and I mean, that's I mean, good for them. They have Instagram and that kind of thing, but it is getting very busy and it is getting overcrowded. But I do think their intentions, in you know, with the people that work at Facebook, their intentions aren't. The, their intentions are in the right place being part of like some of the member community yeah. groups seeing how they're trying to help the community managers how they're trying to help people who are spreading um you know good content on facebook and that kind of thing empowering them and helping them do things they're, they're they're you know they're essentially it's in the right place what they're trying to do but they're just trying to do everything and it's just too much without without actually trying to help people to understand how to use certain things before they get onto the next thing you know yeah does that make sense yeah no it does it does they've got so many ideas and they're trying to keep the their existing audience on the platform because there's such competition for attention these days from all of the other social media channels that they have to work hard to innovate and to bring new features to their platform and i think one of the things that interested me recently was isn't there something called facebook premiere or something along those lines that is um that's a new feature that could be quite interesting well, Facebook um, Premier, there's more than just Facebook Premier. And notice a new feature popped up on Facebook today. So you've got Facebook Premier, which is when you create a video, you can um, upload it onto Facebook like you would normally. Um, and then you can create it as a Premier. So it's actually streaming live pre-recorded content. Okay? Yeah, so that kind of, does, that, does that make does sense? That make sense? I, I know what you mean, but I mean, is live pre-recorded? This is <laughs> not quite right, is it? No, so it's so it was a live video and people can comment in it on the moment as it's playing, but it's actually a pre-recorded yes. video. So you can, you can okay. respond to and it then, in real time when you're getting comments rather than focusing on recording the video. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, yeah, exactly. So it's quite, you know, quite good for something that's new and exciting or um, something that's launching, or for example, if you're trying to run a giveaway or something like that. Um, but a new feature I noticed today as well, actually I heard about it a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't have it, is um, you can run a live video and put a poll within it so that people can um, answer the poll inside the live video and also within the um, within a pre-recorded video as well you can have polls in there now so people can choose the answer to the question as you're rolling pre-recorded or live video and the other one the other feature that I've seen is if it's a if, if you're uploading video for the first time and you wanted to go out as a pre-recorded video that you can use as like long-form content or whatever you can also run that as a premiere or a um as live for the first time as a new video yeah. in the moment that then um uploads to your video platform as a as a as a video does that make yeah, sense well, that makes sense to me <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting the innovation in that space, isn't it? I mean, one of the things I really wanted to talk about as well, actually, is is um, artificial intelligence because that's how we initially met and started talking. But I think there's something coming in YouTube that's based using an AI. Is it called Director Mix? Do you know anything about that? Uh, yeah, Director's Mix. So I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago, the video live conference, and YouTube were there talking about this. Um, this uh, this 
it's like a platform, I suppose, for people who run um, YouTube ads, video ads. Um, it's called Director's Mix. So people can like upload a piece of content, for example, and then it will give you lots of different variations of that content that targets people. Um, so for example, if somebody's um, looking for a can of fizzy pop or somebody's might be interested in a can of fizzy pop um, and they're getting married, it will put a wedding um, background behind it. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so that's based um, on their search history, presumably. Search history based on, you know, their kind of... Because did you know that... I don't know if you knew this. I can't remember what the link is. Maybe we'll share it later, um, at the you know, in your podcast write-up. I'll look it yeah, up go for on. you. Um, but on um, Google, Google actually have a... Uh, a footprint of you that you can actually look at to um, that determines exactly who you are, like your age, your um, the, your age range, what you're interested really? in. Really? Okay. Searching for like Google has all that information on you, and you can actually see it. I can't remember where, what it is or where it is. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd be really intrigued to see it and to find out just how closely it matches or how they've, how well they've profiled me. That would be really interesting to see that. So if you yeah, if you dig out the link, I'd love to see that profile something like that you know we could always google it <laughs> yeah, i'm sure find what it is but it's really it's really interesting because you can literally go onto this thing um oh it was amy from am marketing actually who i saw at um, the kickstart event recently and um you could and everyone was straight on their phone like looking this up because um to see if it really did represent them well and it would tell you if you're interested in cats or dogs <laughs> or cuckoos um, or you know whatever yeah. like what are you it knows google knows and that's how it um that's the information it uses um to give people when they're advertising to yeah you. No, i mean i think there's no question that google and and facebook have incredible power uh incredible yeah. information resources to segment their audience and target their advertising there's no question about that um they, they've built mm-hmm. such smart machines haven't they to, to enable that level of um segmentation and targeting it's the kind of dream scenario really for a marketeer to be able to slice and dice their target audience so well and target them with their with their comms never been a time has there where we've been able to do more with marketing like whether it be online or offline because the audiences are getting older people are getting older obviously aren't we living in a world where people are just getting older and older and um, these people a lot of these people are still watching tv and you know doing reading papers and that kind of thing but then we've got all of these audiences who are you know they've never watched tv and all they watch is youtube (laughs) yes you know, so we have this world. It's a very fragmented world of of media that people are consuming and looking at and watching. That you know isn't all just about influencer marketing or YouTube marketing or magazine advertising or TV advertising. There's just so much more, isn't there, to it? Then it's just not black or white. It's just not black. Yeah, or white. I think that's either. absolutely right. And as someone that consults people on on marketing strategy and communication strategy, I can never decide whether it makes my life easier or more difficult because on the one hand. And I've got a lot more options for targeting people. So it's easier to segment an audience and choose an audience. But on the other hand, there are such a plethora of tools and platforms. You know, where do you, how do you decide where to focus your efforts and focus your budgets? And that's a, a real challenge, I think, in terms of not only the speed at which our marketing is changing, but also the breadth of tools we have available to us now don't necessarily make that an easier um, field to play in. No, I completely agree. <laughs> and that, and I'm in, I'm mostly in the B two B world, right? So we're a little bit more refined, not refined, but a little less spread than you are, I suppose, in consumer marketing, where you perhaps are trying to reach a broader audience. Yeah. So it must be even more difficult for our friends in the consumer world. 
it must be so difficult. <laughs> it must be so difficult for them. Um, I mean, our audience are definitely much more clearly defined. However, um, yeah, I think it doesn't. It? it just goes back to with all of us. What do we want to achieve? What are our KPIs like? And then. And then the world is our oyster. <laughs> the world is our oyster. Well, you know, what I'd love to get your take on actually is because you obviously have an agency as well. Um, so you consult with clients, you work with clients, you're advising on strategy and, and comms all the time, I would guess. You know, how have you seen that that landscape has changed? Because it, in, my, in my time in marketing, it's changed enormously. I mean, I, my first job in marketing was in um, 1998. I worked for a big computer company and, and there it was very... Uh, straightforward you know it, it was you know sort of lead generation stuff running events and direct mail and that sort of thing and now of course that big tech companies still do that sort of stuff but there's a lot more digital involved in there and, and the way that they work with agencies tends to change as well so what have you seen in, in uh, and I don't know when your career started actually so don't tell me because it'll you know it'll put a, an age on you but let's just say what have you been seeing I suppose in terms of how the agency landscapes changed with all of these new uh, digital ways of marketing Okay, well, um, if I if it, so, my actual background is in um, so I had I've, I've had always had various businesses, but my background is in media. So I worked in a um, for a magazine and uh, an events company, and um, I would help people to get I would um, work with the agencies and with yeah. the brands, um, and also the actual publications to um, help people to reach their target audiences that way. So actually, um, it's exactly the same, but the media has changed is social media because <laughs> yes. that's what we work in specifically. And I know, I mean, things have changed because you're getting a lot of agencies now, whereas the agency was with full service agency. I think a lot of the agents, there's a lot of agencies like, we just do web design. We just do design. We just do creativity. We just do social media. We do social, we do content yeah. marketing. We do video marketing. We just do SEO. We just do PPC. Does that make sense? Um, and I think it's, it's the, the, because where it has become so fragmented, there is now lots of agencies who do lots of different things yes. that are really specific often looking at the marketing um in its totality yeah I, I think i can relate to that as well you know what, what i try to do is to look at that kind of overall strategy and then plug in specialist agencies and partners that can deliver a very specific service because they're really good at that you know they're really good at seo or they're really good at ppc or you know they really know how to work around a wordpress website for example yeah i've yeah. certainly seen that change yeah definitely um and uh i think I mean, I think that's the one of the main changes I've noticed is just that it's not, you know, it's not just a marketing or PR company anymore, is it? They, these companies do very specific things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that as well. But I think there are still those those large agencies that have a, a kind of more rounded service set, I suppose. Of course they are, but they also, um, they're, what they're doing is they're also contracting out to the specialist agencies. Um, there's a massive ecosystem. I've seen on Social Day, there's a big ecosystem. There's You've got the freelancers, you've got um, the big agencies, you've got the kind of smaller agencies, you've got the brands, you've got the tools, and you've got creators as well. And you've got maybe now in influencer marketing, you've even got talent managers for the influencers. <laughs> So it's like there's all of these different people and actually that's what we try and do at social days try and bring all of these people together and go right how can everybody work together um, so social day is your so is your three-day festival right yeah, it's the three-day festival exactly but is it, it, so when's when's the next social day oh first to the third of may 
Okay. Okay. So next year, so we've got about six months to go. So how's are you? Are you prepping for that now? Have you got things lined up, or are you are you working on that, or is that a little way off? We did. So we sold the first round of tickets um, back in September, and um, now we're just relaunching the new website, which will be here within the week. This week. Exciting. Yes, exciting. We've got some really exciting speakers. I'm not. I can't tell you yet because <laughs> because it's all top secret. But there's some really big brands um, speaking, as well as you know some of the smaller brands and some of the you know the the, the the people who are working with big brands or small brands. There'll be a lot of video. There's influencer marketing creator day. It's just going to be everything about social media influencer marketing over three days where people can learn everything. They can learn from each other, their peers, from brands, from agencies, and from publishers, which is really important as well. But they can also network and have parties so that they can understand how they work together. And we know the best business is done over a gin and tonic or a beer or a glass of wine. <laughs> Absolutely. Some things never change. No, exactly. That will never change. That hasn't. So where is the event? Is it held? Is it a London-based thing? Yeah, so it's in London, in central London, and um, it's over three days. We've also got two parties. So tickets are kind of um, three days. CPD certificate as well, which is quite good for marketers because they get their, um, you know. Um, that is good. Is that from the CIM or, or uh, CIPR or who's that? Who's the body? Uh, it will be CIM, I think, or yeah, um, it's CIM. It's CPD certified Um See, is it CIM? Yes, it is, 100%. Chartered Institute of Marketing, yeah. Oh, that's good. I, I, I always keep threatening to do my Chartered Marketeer uh, marketing program, but I, I never get quite around to doing all the CPD. Or I do it, but I just don't document it properly. So to know, so I might have to come to Social Day just to get three days in one sitting. Um, because you because you do need to get, um, you know, these points, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, um, you know, the parties are all included. So your drinks at the parties and the evening networking are all included. Um, yeah, really, really good value and really good oh, lunch and everything as well. So it's like everything. You could just like camp out for three days in the <laughs> and get everything sorted for you. Oh, that sounds really good. So is what's the website? Is it social socialday.com or is there so another URL? The, the URL for the um, event is socialday.co.uk. The URL for social day with all of the news and stuff like that on it is socialday.live. Okay. I'll have to spend some more time on there and I'll put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Look, thanks for joining the the, tech, the pop podcast. I mean, it's really interesting. I think, you know, the, the world of influencer marketing is something that as a, as a B2B sort of guy, I haven't done a huge amount of stuff in that space. So it's always interesting to hear about it. And, you know, video for me, I've been talking about video for ages and it takes a little while sometimes for clients to warm up to the idea, particularly in B2B, I think. But they, you know, starting to see the light a little bit, and then more and more we're we're doing more and more video work. So, we recently did some drone footage of a for a, an architect's practice to show uh, a project on site and what that looks like when the building's being put together. And those kind of things are really interesting because people don't necessarily always realize what they're getting into when they start down that journey of that kind of building project. So that's really interesting for me, and I think we're seeing clients really engage with the idea that video is a great way to tell a story around their service so video is massive and i'm really pleased to see that it's you know it's taking off uh, some of the stuff with the the facebook premiere is interesting i'm really looking at uh, going to look at the director's mix so um yeah. i've learned a lot uh, talking to you lisa thanks so much for for taking the time thank you i hope, I hope it was helpful and um i can't wait to listen to the rest of your 
podcast episodes and see what you've got in store for us <laughs> well it's funny i've just recorded a session a, a podcast with a guy a good friend of mine called tooth ali actually who works for fourth floor creative who's a social video specialist agency and they do a lot of work on youtube so it's great to hear you talking about video as well it obviously is one of those topics is at the forefront right now. Um, so, yeah, I hope you'll listen to, to this show and also to the others. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much again for joining. And uh, let's stay in touch. Maybe I'll come along to Social Day and we can have a chat there. I'll do a, a, a podcast from the show floor and we can catch up. And uh, maybe that's something to look at as well. That sounds fantastic. Thank cool. you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Speak soon. Speak soon. Take care.